WHHH Indianapolis. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the WTLC and 106.7 WT. LC Studios and Hot 96.3 on this Sunday morning. We got a jam-packed show for you here, and we're going to jump right into it this morning. Last week, we talked about uh, Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita and some of the trips that he's been on that has started to raise eyebrows. As we talked about, uh, Indiana is far closer to the Canadian border, yet the Attorney General has been down in Texas and in Mexico uh, trying to secure the border, he says with those elected officials down that way. And while he was down there, he and his son also made a stop at a Trump rally. That has raised a lot of eyebrows from uh, folks who like to hold him accountable, including a local reporter, Abdul Hakim Shabazz. Now, not only uh, is Abdul keeping tabs on him, but Todd Rakita does not seem to like Abdul very much. Why? Because he doesn't even let Abdul go to his press conferences, his public events, he says. He's not even a real reporter. So now Abdul is suing him. The attorney general whose job it is to sue people is being sued by a major voice here in Indianapolis. And that voice is Abdul Hakim Shabazz. He will join us on the show on our live line coming up in just a few moments. At the bottom of the hour, we'll get you the latest details on the hottest party of the summer. We're talking about Party Gras. Jeff Williams will be here to let us know how things are going to look late February, early March as Indianapolis gets their celebration on really for the first time in a big way since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. How they're going to pull it off and what you need to know, all of that's coming up this morning at 8.30. Uh, but first this hour, as I said, we're going to start with talking with Abdul. Uh, you know, Abdul's been a, a friend of the show. In fact, I, I just realized he's literally the second contact in my phone because that's the way you spell his name. Uh, that's how important he is. And I'm sure uh, when Todd Rokita sees um, Abdul's name in his phone, uh, he's not happy. And that's apparently why uh, he's blocked Abdul from going to some of his events. Uh, so I originally asked Abdul to come on the show just to update us on what Todd Rokita had been doing. And he informed me, well, stand by. There's going to be some more news about uh, the attorney general before your next show. And that's exactly what happened as Abdul, along with the ACLU, has filed a lawsuit uh, saying that the attorney general is violating Abdul's First Amendment rights uh, to cover um, the attorney general's office. Abdul joins us on our live line right now. Abdul, good morning. Good morning, my friend. How's everything going? Good. How about you? Uh, doing well. Can't complain. Well, you're the busy guy. I guess you do have something to complain about. It's that the attorney general is making it a bit hard for you to do your job. Uh, you are correct, sir. Uh, this all started back in October of last year when the attorney general uh, put out a media advisory saying, hey, you know what? I'm having a news conference on robocalls. And so if you're the media and you want to attend, which I got a copy of the advisory, uh, to RSVP, and this RSVP for credentialed media. And that credentialed media will be uh, very important just a second here. So I RSVP'd, and I thought it was a little bit – I didn't think anything of the RSVP because we're in a COVID universe, and because we're in COVID, they probably don't know how many people are going to be there, have a room so everybody can socially distance, you know, just usual normal stuff. And so I RSVP'd, uh, went to an event the next day at the Economic Club, 
And then after I got done, I walked over to the state house, and there was his press secretary telling me to say, Sam Dill, you can't come in. I'm like, well, what do you mean I can't come in? Like, because you're not credentialed media. I'm like, yes, I am. He's like, no, you're not. And so I showed him my, my media badge that I would get from the Indiana Department of Administration. Like, see, I'm, here's my badge right here. It's like, well, you're not credentialed media. And um, before they turned into a, the argument clinic sketch from Monty Python's Flying Circus, I was like, fine, whatever. I'm, I'm out of here. And so I wrote about it on my web blog, indiepolitics.org. Um, that caused a big giant stir. And then eventually I was like, you know what? This guy violated my first amendment rights. So I went to uh, my friends over at the ACLU. And, I'm, and someone, and I'm a little conservative, people ask me, well, how can you go to a liberal organization like the ACLU? It's like, you know, their politics don't matter to me. But when it comes to the first amendment, they are the best in the country, particularly Ken Falk, who's a darn good lawyer. And so uh, we got our stuff together. And uh, we filed suit uh, this past Monday. So, Abdul, talk about the cre- credentialed media thing, because uh, a lot of the a lot of times, first, um, they'll send out a press release saying the attorney general or the governor, or the mayor, or whoever will be here at this location. And it gets sent to our uh, organization emails. I know for a fact you get those emails because uh, we'll show up at the same events. Um, and usually, whether or not you are officially credential, which I'll talk about in just a second. They give you no problem. You show up, they know who you are, they know who you're representing, you get right in. But you and I uh, have a green ID pass that you walk down to the government center at the Indiana uh, government center uh, and you get credentialed and they put you in. So when you walk in, it has to help you get through security for one, but when you get in, the folks there see your green state of Indiana badge with your name on it um, they let you right in. Is that the discrepancy they're trying to say is that you're credentialed media? Because when you have that green ID pass, you are officially, by the state of Indiana, credentialed media. I'm not exactly sure what, what was going through their thought process. All I know is that I tried to get in, uh, and David Welch was press secretary at the time, told me I couldn't because I wasn't credentialed. I showed him my media badge, like I said, which I got from the Indiana Department of Administration, which got to fill out a form mm-hmm. to get, and he wouldn't let me in. Now, when it comes to the governor's news conferences, you know, the state auditor, state treasurer, the, the media gaggles we do uh, this session with the Speaker of the House and the Senate President Pro Temp, never an issue, never a problem. It's just the Attorney General has a problem with me. And in fact, that, that pass, if, if I believe we're talking about the same pass, it's also a key. It unlocks doors there, literally unlocks doors. Yes, uh, that's, that, that, that media badge can also get us into the state capitol, and we don't have to go through security. So... While you literally have a key to the building, he says you're not allowed in. Uh, he says I'm not allowed in his news conferences. Now, here's what's interesting. Uh, we're talking about a government official doing government business in a government building, uh, talking about a government-related event, and he's telling the media person who covers the government that they can't come in. On what's the response you've gotten so far from from Todd Rokita's office? I know they sent out some tweets and some some press releases. Um, their response is actually kind of surprising, to be honest with you, because at first they said I wasn't I wasn't a real journalist. I was a gospel rumor monger, which because of my chichi, which we can get into if you want to have that discussion. Uh, but one thing they said was the the, the attorney general in his statement said I want to protect my staff from professional harassment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that means, uh, because I, 
I'm not a professional amateur wrestler, sure, no problem. But professional, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. Uh, and then he also said, too, that, that my cheat sheet is part of my non-journalistic income, which means by default, I must have journalistic income as well, which means I'm a journalist, which means I should be allowed in the news conferences, which means he just undermined his own argument. Why does he not like you? What's his issue? Is it because you're covering things like his his trip to the border? Tell us about that and how that feeds into what seems to be the underlying issue is that uh, he just doesn't like what you're reporting on. Uh, well, the attorney general, I actually used to get along really well. Um, used to uh, actually host my old radio show at WXNT Radio on occasion. Um, and he'd be no occasional guest. I covered him with the Secretary of State uh, when he was in Congress and the whole nine yards. I think where where the issue lies is back in 2018 when he ran for the U.S. Senate because um, I was accused of being in Luke Messer camp because you folks may recall the attorney general ran against Luke Messer and Mike Braun. And so Luke Messer had a lot of Indiana people on his campaign. And guess what? I was a lot of friends with them because I've known them all for years. And so – and Todd Rikita didn't have any Indiana people in his campaign – and so I guess it got him in the mindset, hey, Abdul's in the tank for Luke Messer. We can't trust him, et cetera, et cetera, which then turned into uh, the attorney general or not wanting to participate in the debate commission's uh, debate that I was moderating, saying that it should be only for for non-liberal college professors and non-liberal media, which I still don't know what the hell that is either. Mm-hmm. And so the debate commission is like, you know what, Abdul's our moderator. We're going to go forward. If you're not here, fine. We'll just we'll just adjust without you. And then the attorney general showed up, and then you know it, it's history. But I but I think that's where that's where the problem started. Now, back in January of uh, this year, I reached out to his office, like, okay, fine. You know what? Todd is like me. I'm not crazy about him, but we both got to do our jobs, and we're both going to be here for a while. So I reached out to his office, like, hey. Todd, I said, now, let's make peace, or at least have detente. Mm-hmm. And no, the attorney general is not going to have any of that. So I'm like, okay, fine. And then fast forward to October, and here we are now. So tell us about, so, so, so first, what happens next? Um, what happens next is uh, we just go through the legal process. Uh, we filed a motion for uh, a preliminary injunction. Uh, they basically say we think we got a good chance of winning, and so the judge should immediately allow me into the attorney general's news conference. Uh, so we'll see uh, what that happens. Um, but then also, well, it looks like we're going to go through what's called the discovery phase uh, of litigation, which is we request documents from them, they request documents from us, and then we go back and forth for a while. Tell us about some of the reporting uh, that you've been doing. This morning we're on with Abdul Hakim Shabazz, uh, local reporter. Uh, at IndiePolitics.org, uh, as well as a uh, talk show host here in Indianapolis. He's been around for years. You've seen him on TV and different TV stations. This morning, we're talking about some of his reporting that he's been doing, as well as his lawsuit against the Attorney General. Abdul, one of the latest stories you've been covering is Rokita's trip to the Mexico border. We talked about that last week here on the show and how many folks have been raising eyebrows about what is the Indiana Attorney General doing at the Mexico border when we're far closer to Canada than we are to Mexico. What what have you been able to find, and what are you asking for on that story? The Attorney General uh, went down to the 
Mexican border, basically saying that illegal immigration is a problem here in Indiana, even though we're more than a thousand miles away from the Mexico border. And so he wanted to see firsthand what the issue was, what the problem was, and get some perspective, which I guess he didn't do in his last trip to the border, but that's neither here nor there. So what I did was I filed a, uh, an open records request asking, okay, who paid for the trip? Which I know who paid for the trip, the taxpayers did. But the attorney general said this was a government trip. Then why did you take your son with you? You know, to the border. You know, what's going on there? Why did you take your family member to the border if this is a government trip? And why did you attend the Donald Trump rally if this was a government trip? And why did you stop by Bill Clinton's boyhood home and do a selfie with your son if this was a government trip? And why didn't you fly down to the border as opposed to drive down? So there, there are lots of questions in there. Now, regardless of my lawsuit with uh, the attorney general's uh, banning from a news conference, nope, should be answered. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. On the air this morning with Abdul, Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, uh, who's always working, one of the hardest working people uh, here in media. The phones are ringing. I know a couple of folks want to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to go to the phones real quick. Uh, caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, you know, Cameron and Abdul, there's nothing you can do to a public official. When he gets elected, right, he has the authority to do whatever he wants to do with that office. The only recourse, then, is that you can vote him out in the next election. Todd and uh, Abdul have a long history together, and I know they don't like each other. It's kind of funny. But uh, I think that, Abdul, you don't need Todd Rakita for anything. You already got yourself going. I never thought you would stoop so low as to play the race card, but uh, you don't need to play it. Well, wait a Larry, what race card did I play? You're playing the race card by trying to say you're being discriminated against. I'm sick of it. You got a good thing going, Abdul. Don't ruin it by trying to play the race card against uh, somebody like Todd Rakita that you can't do anything to. And Ken Flock, uh, he's an embarrassment. And uh, I think you need to drop the whole thing and uh, get back and uh, do your practice and do your business and go on about your business. He, you don't need him. He needs you, right? You don't try to force yourself on somebody. If Todd Rakita don't want you in his press conferences, then you don't need to even want to go there. Don't try to force yourself All right, Larry, that's not how this works, Abdul. Well, a couple things. Uh, first of all, uh, Todd Rakita can be held accountable because we have a judicial system. So that's kind of point number one. Point number two, and here's the bigger issue here. If Todd Rakita can ban me from his news conferences, a, a government reporter, media person, then he can ban any media person. Mm -hmm. The State Journal Gazette, Fox 59, Channel 8, our, our friends in Radio 1, he can ban anybody. And here's something else to keep in mind. A lot of government officials will look and see what other government officials are doing. And so if Todd Rikita can get away with banning me, what's to stop you know, Fisher, Cicero, New Albany, uh, you know, Vandenberg County? I mean, you name it any state official or local official from banning the local media from their government news conferences. So this is much bigger than, than Abdul and Todd. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Let me Who's this? one more uh, thing, too, on, on, on Larry's discrimination point. Hang on, hang on, Motep. One second. Let Abdul get that point out. I got you on the hold, though. Go ahead. Yeah. On, on, the, on the discrimination issue, in our lawsuit, we did not allege by any stretch of the imagination that the attorney general kept me out because I'm African-American. We did not say that in our litigation. Now, could he have done it? 
I don't know because I don't know what's in his mind, but that's what the discovery process is for. Imhotep, you're live on the air. All right, thank you, thank you, and, and, and Abdullah. I don't, I don't, I, I'm first of all, as a almost a six, six, sixty year old African American who've lived enough, traveled. My mother's an attorney, got a number of family members of attorneys. I read what you was talking about. It was strictly based on the merits. We saw what happened. Washington Post has a, has a caption up top it says, "Democracy dies in darkness." I wish some folks would stop talking crazy all the time and maybe get a little education in the system and understand that the purpose of the, what I remember growing up, Ted Koppel's, I mean, when Brian Gumbel first started, Gumbel, I was talking about that the other day, talking about when Brian Gumbel first started on NBC, and Max Robinson and Bernard Shaw's and stuff like that. I can throw many, many names out there. I mean, when Barbara Walters, she was a very tough journalist at the time. If they can do this to you, they can do this to anyone. It has nothing to do with color, Larry. You're way off bait. I'm not taking no bait, but I'm going to throw it out there. You got it there. You claim to be of age. Then you should understand investigative journalism is what I've been crying for forever. Abdullah, what you're doing is what I've been crying for. Cameron knows what I've been crying for, Tina Cosby, and them to do when they have the chief and everybody on. You cannot be nice to these people. Not, I'm not going to say that. I'll put it this way. You cannot get straight answers by cuddling up to public officials. They have to be hit with tough questions. They have to be hit. And his spending of money and going to that border, and then went to the rally right after that. That wasn't the purpose of it. That wasn't uh, 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 doing any business for the citizens of Indiana going to that rally. I don't care about Trump. I'm talking about the, the doing the business of the citizens of Indiana. That None of that seems to be doing that. We don't have a border with Texas. We, we don't have any closing. We don't have any product being closed off like we have in Canada. So I agree with you. I think it's totally incorrect. It must be flushed out. And I applaud you for doing it. Forget any uh, whatever issues going on this net. We stand on the merits of what it is. And journalists have been on it under attack for a long time. This is not a partisan issue. It's not Democrat, Republican. It is the role of the First Amendment. And when that is under see, people can defend the Second Amendment, but they forget you've got to have the First Amendment first. And I've told, said that to many people. What about the First Amendment? So I applaud you on that. Rakita needs to be held accountable, and it has nothing to do with race. Larry, you're way off base, and I'm ashamed at you for doing that. We're not going to have that here. Thank you. Thank you, Motel. Thank you. Abdul, let me, let me jump in with one more call, 317-239-9696. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Mike. Mike, you're live. What's on your mind? Hey, uh. First of all, I want to thank uh, Abdul for uh, getting this story out here. I think it's very newsworthy of you, and I thank you very much for keeping us informed. Second of all, I would like to say, you know, our attorney general discussed to Hoosiers and also unto people of this nation, because any time you stop to meet with a collaborator, one who tried to help overthrow the United States government, and this is a public figure of the state of Indiana. I don't care if you're red, white, or blue, black, green, yellow, brown, or purple. Everybody ought to be up in arms about this. This is not what America is, was made for, and it is not the soul of this country. And if we do not back Abdul on this issue, then we are willing to surrender to anything. Hey, keep up the good work, man. God bless you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, sir. Uh, Abdul, before we go, we got three minutes left. Uh, we, we've talked about your situation with 
the attorney general. We've talked about some of your reporting on the attorney general, but this isn't the only thing that you do day in and day out. One of the other things you've been paying a lot of attention to are the Marion County Democrats, which is actually the original thing I had messaged you about uh, to come on the show. Can you just sum up really quickly? And I don't know if that's simple enough to do, but there's this this rift between uh, Marion County Democrats, where there's basically two kinds of Democrats right now. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, the, the the black the black caucus and uh, sort of the 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 establishment uh, regular party, and a lot of African American Democrats are not happy uh, with Kay Sweeney Bell how she ran their their pre primary convention uh, last Saturday, and so they filed a candidate against her because Kay Sweeney Bell is running for county clerk. And so they've got Billy Bro, the former state auditor, former not state, not former county auditor, and say senators run against her, and she's got a, a lot of backing out there. And so, Bob, uh, for for lack of a better term, the, the natives are not happy these days, and so that's caused some major issues and divisions uh, in the Marion County Democratic Party. Is 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 this at the end of the day something that the average voter is going to know, or is this so much inside baseball? Um, it's a little bit inside baseball right now, but this could have some major implications uh, for what happens in the primary, uh, the general election, uh, the prosecutor's race, because if African-Americans decide to stay home because they're mad at the county party, then that could uh, maybe change some things around. And I think it'll have even bigger implications next year uh, in the council race and the mayor's race. All right. Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. Uh, Abdul, tell everybody where you are and, and how you can get more of indie politics because you're covering the state house, city, county, county, city, county council and everything in between. Uh, you can follow me uh, on my main page, which is IndyPolitics.org. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. I'm maxed out on France, but you can still follow me there. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at IndyPolitics.org or A-T-T-Y Abdul. And I was just, I was on there. You've, you've That's where I go frequently. You've got your cheat sheet. Uh, and I was also, the next story I was going to read was uh, the marijuana uh, bills that went through at the state house seem to have gone nowhere, looks like is one of the stories you have up right now. Uh, yes, uh, but eventually, uh, Indiana will, is going to legalize marijuana. It's going to happen. Of course, my running joke has always been: if someone asks me, Abdul, how far is Indianapolis away from legal pot? I'll say eighty miles. Just get on I seventy four, go to exit two twenty <laughs> in Danville, Illinois, make make a right, go half a mile, and you're friends of the Sunnyside Dispensary. Not that I know about that. Just that <laughs> I just I just know. All right, Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, uh, IndiePolitics.org and local talk show host who is uh, fighting the good fight against one of the, the literal top legal official in Indiana joining us uh, here on a Sunday morning. Abdul, thanks as always. Hey, thank you, sir. Still to come here on the show, we're going to get you up to date on what you can expect for the hottest party of winter. It's Party Gras. It is back this year. As you know, last year they had uh, the big party in the summer up at the Lucas Estates. Uh, this winter, they are back with their flagship party. We're going to talk with the co-founder of the organization of Be Nimble. It is Jeff Williams. He will join us coming up in just three minutes. Ethan, this is a three-minute break. We'll take another break toward the end of the show. We will be right back with more Open Lines after this. More of Open Lines now on Hot 96.3.
And we are back with more open lines on this Sunday, February 13th, 2022. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Moto, coming to you from Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. Uh, by the way, it is snowing outside just a little bit, just a little bit on the ground to make things uh, slick. And it is cold. So if you're going out this morning, uh, please beware of that. Hey, we're having some technical issues getting Jeff uh, on the line to give us the update about Party Gras. So we're waiting for Jeff to call back, see if we can get him in. In the meantime, let's just do open lines and tell me what is on your mind. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. This is what happens when you have a little gap in uh, technical and technical issues and programming, we go open lines. So what is on your mind this morning, Indianapolis? I'm opening up the floor to you right now. The phone lines are officially clear. I'm pressing the button now. It's clear. So if you dial, you'll get in. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. A lot happening uh, in the city of Indianapolis this week. Um, of course, we're keeping an eye on what's happening at the State House with Abdul. Uh, go to IndyPolitics.org. You'll get... Uh, uh, updates on a number of stories that are happening over there with a number of bills that we've been encouraging you uh, to follow, including House Bill 1134, which so far is not dead yet. The future of it is uncertain. It is not dead. Uh, so that is still one you want to pay attention to. And again, that is the bill uh, that would change the way uh, teachers can do their job when it comes to uh Education, when it comes to teaching history, uh, it puts those restrictions and makes that job uh, far more uh, complicated than what it already is. And so that's why Radio One and our regional vice president and general manager, uh, Dion Levingson, is asking you uh, to call the state house and let them know you do not want to see House Bill 1134 uh, move forward. It did move out of the House of Representatives, but now it will go over to the Senate. The Senate is where Senate Bill 167 was originally uh, born from, and it was killed off. So the Senate bill version of the same bill was originally killed off. As a, just a quick civics refresher, uh, a, a bill has to go through both houses, and then it goes to the governor. If we're talking about national politics, both houses, and then goes to the president. So while the bill was in the Senate before and died, all right, House Bill 167 dead, but I uh, mean Senate Bill 167 is dead. House Bill 1134 has passed out of the House and has now gone over to the Senate, where as of right now, it faces an uncertain future. And even if it were to pass out of the House, we don't know yet what uh, Governor Holcomb uh, would do if he would sign it or, or veto it. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Going to have some open lines discussion here uh, with, with whatever is on your mind here this morning. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on open lines. Who's this? Is this me, Cameron? Is, this is Jerome. Jerome, it is you. Good morning, man. Hey, good morning, Brother Cameron. First, I'd like to say uh, Brother Motap and Brother Mike, they killed it with uh, whatever Larry. Larry just like design. He's uh, he's living the Uncle uh, Cat Uncle Tom Cabin's dream. You, you feel me? <laughs> Craziness. <laughs> Far as the uh, the bill eleven thirty four, I called in and I left a message. Shut it down. Shut it down. That's what they need to do. When you 
you're dealing with politics, there's some craziness going on. I don't even hardly touch that. But I wanted to speak on uh, uh, Happy Valentine's Day to my plus one, to all the ladies in the greater Indianapolis area. I'm in here in the kitchen, sea walking now, thinking about the <laughs> halftime show with Mary J. Blige, the Dr. Snoop, and uh, hopefully we get some holograms from Tupac and Easy E. We'll go see. along with that and take the Rams in the Super Bowl. I always give up stuff. I told you about the unified uh, thing for the Senior Citizen Squad. Mm-hmm. And I told you about that. the HBO premium for your insurance with uh, Aetna. So I'm giving you some more love, uh, old school people like me that's in their 60s. Keep it real. And uh, a special shout-out to uh, Aaliyah Blackburn. Could you set up a meeting with me so I could meet her in person, Cameron? I don't know. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll make a call. I don't you know. You know, if, you can make it happen. I don't I know if I got wanna, that kind of power, though. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I understand no, but, uh, you know, fair exchange ain't no robbery. And if, I, <laughs> if, if she say, yeah, cool, if she say, no, I understand. Because she was anchoring uh, last week with the legendary uh, Debbie Knox. Yep. So I know she's, she's moving on up like the Jeffersons. She's the truth. For real. All right, that's all right. Don't all right, take Drone. Up everybody's time. One love. Uh, I'm out of here. Peace. All right, Drone. Good to talk to you. 317-239-9696. Uh, the fo- phone lines are open to talk about what is ever is on your mind. 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Jay. Jay, you're live on the air. What's on your mind? Oh, man, I'm getting up here listening to y'all. Jerome is hilarious, bro. <laughs> I love Jerome. I love when he calls. Oh, okay, so my comment is real simple. So we do the things that are necessary to um, basically hold our political uh, people accountable. Mm-hmm. So when we do that and we hold them accountable and, and we tell on them, so to speak, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, and when we tell on them, we, tell them, we talk to their superiors, and their superiors don't do anything then it's like, okay, what do we do? Like, at, at what point do we start to, to I guess, take other actions? Because if you, the actions that we take and are not working, talking about Tyra Kita, mm-hmm. and, you know, we concerned, again, as citizens, we are citizens, and you have to award us the same uh, benefits that a citizen would be benefited. So if we going through the same steps and those steps are not working, then that's when you have to step back and say, okay, now, what else can we do? When we've already knocked on the doors, we we told everybody we need to tell, and then there's still no action. Well, I tell you what, the next step is supposed to be, vote them out. That's one of the the attorney general is is a is a very powerful position, and it's a position that you vote for. Um, but it's one of the things that gets overlooked. You know, a lot of people focus on the, the presidential election, and then forget about everything else. That's under there. So while everybody's paying attention to what Biden is doing and what Trump is doing, you got these guys like Todd Rokita who are extremely powerful and are getting away with a lot of different things. And I'm not just singling him out. Lots of, you know, your city county council people, Republican and Democrat, your state representatives, your state senators, your your school board. You got to vote these people out if you don't like what they're doing. Simple as that. But if this constituent, I'm I'm saying we can vote them out sounds easy, but if this constituent, 
uh, or his, you know, his amount of voters outweigh our voters. You know, what I'm saying, how do we, you know, make sure that we can make that happen? I guess ensure that that happens. We have the amount of people. We've done the right campaign, and we got the right amount of voters. You know, there's a kind of a an onboarding process today. We can say voting mouth. Yeah, no, it's, you know. it's a multi-step thing. You got to have the right candidate against him, and then you got to energize people to go out and actually vote against him if you want uh, anybody, no matter what the position is. You got to uh, you got to get him out of there. You got to energize the people to go vote, but you got to have a, a better alternative. Well, we say we, and we say we won't change, and I think that does start you know, I've been so against voting and things of that nature for years. But, again, we the men of Indy kind of got to go about things going a little bit different. We're the decision makers. You know, we we the fathers, the brothers, the dads, the grandpas, and so forth and so on. And so our voices need to be heard. And, you know, however we need to put that together, again, it's an onboarding process. But that needs to, like, happen ASAP. And even if we lose that vote, I think it'll make a, a huge statement that, Again, we're not playing. That's right. You got you to gotta try. You have to try. Thanks so much for the call. I might appreciate it. Thank 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. We're having an open lines moment here on the Open Lines Show with Cameron Little. Let's go to the call on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Frank. Cameron, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Hey, uh... Just a quick question. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Mr. Shabazz on just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm to understand that he's a journalist, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Uh, can any, either you or him or somebody speak to, where was uh, our mayor doing the riots downtown? Does anybody know where he was, what he was doing, what issues that he put out as far as uh, protecting the city and the businesses? No hey. one is talking about that, and I'm curious about that. Are you talking about the riots of 2020? Yes, sir. Uh, well, you know, I was down there getting tear gassed. Uh, but uh, as I was reporting on uh, Channel 6 ABC at the time, the mayor was somewhere nearby. There's been some reporting about where the mayor was, but there was a lot of criticism about that he was not uh, extremely visible at the time. So there's there's been some a lot of talk and, and discussion and reporting on where the mayor was. He was around, but uh, obviously not as visible as a lot of people would have liked Okay, and the last thing, real quick, just a quick question. Mm-hmm. You know the, uh, what is that? It's a huge uh, monorail uh, that connects the, uh, the hospitals together down there on 10th yes. Street? Yes, yeah. What are we doing with that? Are we still paying taxes on that? I mean, is it working? Is it available? What's, what's going on with that? Well, we didn't pay anything for that. That's the hospitals thing that was built to connect the multiple... Uh, hospital campuses and IUPUI school where a lot of the doctors and nurses are starting. They built that and the thing literally stopped working and years ago and they decided we're not going to fix it. So it's just standing there. Will you turn your radio down for me? Did you hear me? I hope you heard me because that's the answer. Yeah, the, uh, the, the people mover, as it's called, that runs through part of downtown and connects the hospitals. The hospital built it. And it was great. I got I rode on it just to see what it was about. Uh, and it had some mechanical issue in the hospital just decided they didn't want to fix it anymore. So instead of fixing it, that's why they're part of the reason why they're building all these new hospital campuses and everything. Uh, so it's easier to get to. Uh, so that's the answer. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. You're live on the air. 
Uh, good morning. Good morning. Hi. I just wanted to say I am very pleased with your show, and Thank I you. enjoy listening to it every Sunday. Thank you so much. And I wanted to say my birthday is next week, so all what you day? listeners. Huh? Which, which day next week? Uh, Thursday. Thursday, so that would be the, the 17th? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, happy early birthday. I'm a February birthday too. Oh, are you? Yes, ma'am. Well, we all party all of February, baby. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's a lot of good people with birthdays in February. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. 317-239-9696-317-239-9696. We're having open lines. Whatever is on your mind, the floor is open for you to talk to the city of Indianapolis and central Indiana. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How you doing? Brother, I really just want to call back 30 seconds to get out Mm -hmm. what I want to talk about earlier. We have a disturbing current going on right now. Uh, I heard Pastor Jackson's show yesterday while I was uh, working, and it sounded just like 1994 all over again. It was basically a demonization of young black men and black males. Uh, uh, making, I guess, making us just seem like we're just the apex predator and the the number one uh, uh, number one uh, cause of all the crime and angst around the country and the world. It was horrible. It was horrible. People, black people, listening to me right now, please listen to this. Okay, the problems that go on in the United States, the United Snakes, have been centuries created. You will not get rid of them probably in my lifetime, your lifetime, or even maybe your children's lifetime. Once a house is built on a shaky foundation, you cannot fix it unless you tear it down and rebuild the house. You can patch it. You can try to put stuff on. A crack. I know somebody had a, bought a house that had two foundations. It's cracked. Both of them cracked. There's nothing they can do. Mm. Nothing they can do. So... This 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 tenor of 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 being angry at the bail process. I read uh, I forgot the gentleman's name. I read that long article last week and explained about it. Matter of fact, Greg Porter was on talking about the many people that the bail project has helped, but yet Pastor Jackson, Pastor Harrison, and others, because of five or six people who may have gotten out, the thousands that got help got hurt. They want back to this back to ninety four. And the pastors who were part of 94 and the, the Biden, the so-called Biden crime bill, the black pastors who were, were part of that then, they are a part of that right now. What you have in America is centuries created. It's built on different factors, socioeconomics. You've got psychologists. You've got, you got all type of different factors. But the very people who you think that are friendly are not. And he basically characterized black young men yesterday as the apex predators. And it's horrible. It was horrible, Cameron. And, I, you know, he needs to be called to the carpet. They need to be called to the carpet. I'm, I don't care. I'm not friends with them. They don't give me a dime. I don't care. But I like truth and I like justice. And I like fairness. We saw a dude at Purdue get beat up in the snow. Mm-hmm. He didn't make one comment about it. Whenever there's a police action thing, Pastor Jackson or Pastor uh, Harrison, they never say one comment, mm. not one, about when something like that happens. Not nothing in Minnesota. They never make one. But when it comes to some teenagers stealing out of cell phone stores, then all of a sudden 
Our young men are the apex predator, and we're all the cause of everything that's wrong. It is horrible. It has to be counter, uh, uh, has to be a, a, rebut, a buttressed, and I'm going to do it. I call for my people to do it too. Thank all right. you. All right, thank you. I didn't hear what, uh, what what he said yesterday on the show, but I know uh, Mhotep is always keeping us informed. We're going to take one more call before we got to take a break. Uh, let me jump to this caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Brother Cameron. Good morning. Who's this? I got a question. This yes. is Bob. Yes, Bob. I got a question. Mm-hmm. See, the prosecutor with the police officer out there in Southport when he got killed, and then Judge Stoner said they couldn't uh, get 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 it together. He threw out the plea agreement that they had. And I don't know if he's blowing these cases, because this is the second judge that got on him mm-hmm. about not able to produce the murder and the conviction on the murder charge. That is something that we'll be able to talk to the prosecutor about as we have him back on the show. I'll tell you somebody else who's going to have something uh, to say about that is his opponent, uh, Miss Cindy Carrasco, who we're going to have on the show uh, coming up, I believe, on March uh, 6th. She's the Republican running against him for many of the same, and she's asking many of the same questions that you just brought up. So thank you for that point. Thank you, sir. So that I could uh, tease an upcoming show. We will have, we've had uh, Prosecutor Ryan Mears on the show uh, already. He announced that he would be rerunning. Uh, and so now we've invited uh, his opponent, Miss Cindy Carrasco, is the Republican who is running against Ryan Mears for Marion County Prosecutor. And she will be here on the show on March 6th. Uh, thank you so much for that call. We're going to take a quick break and uh, come back with more of Open Lines in three minutes. More Open Lines next. More of Open Lines now on Hot 96.3. And we are back here on Open Lines on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. We've talked a lot this hour about different forms of of really civil rights and standing up for yourself from Abdul's situation with the Attorney General to uh, holding your leaders accountable. Uh, And so that is all a good segue into um, an event that had to be postponed that is now happening uh, this month when it comes to honoring the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, the Interdenominational Mysterial Alliance of Indianapolis is doing just that coming up on February 20th. And we got just a couple minutes left here in the show. And I wanted to bring on uh, Dr. Thomas Lionel, Dr. Lionel Thomas Rush, that is, um, to talk about an event that they are having uh, to honor the life and legacy of Dr. King, uh, as well as Black History Month itself. And Dr. Rush joins us on our live line right now. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? It is well. It is well. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. You guys have a lot uh, that you've got planned on both February 20th and the 22nd. As I said, we've had really a theme this morning of of standing up and fighting for your rights and and knowing your value. Um, You guys are also doing that as you celebrate Dr. King and Black History Month. Absolutely. We've had to conflate some of our activities and put all of the work uh, that we had planned to do in January and early February into just a couple of days. We had planned 
uh, to have Martin Luther King Jr. Day on his birthday. Uh, we had planned to have several speakers, but our speaker uh, that was scheduled to come that day, the ice storm in Charlottesville and some others uh, delayed that. So we called him back. And what we plan to do is to have this on uh, on on uh, February the 20th. Dr. Jamal Bryan uh, is going to come and be our speaker and grace us with his uh, his some of his, his presence and his work. As you might remember, he was at Empowerment Temple and now he's down at Newburgh in Atlanta, Georgia. When I talked to him the other day, I commended him for his work. Uh, in the Albury trial when the prosecutor uh, uh, right in, in in the middle of the trial said they didn't want any more black preachers down mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. consoling that family I'm so glad of course that the black church responded but when the verdict came back um, uh, Brother Al Sharpton and some others uh, they didn't they were not able to stand with the family so our speaker Jamar Bryant was able to stand with that family when that verdict came back uh, and to introduce uh, uh, Ben Crump. So very, very proud of that work and the work that he's done with NAACP and some of these issues we've been fighting. He's going to be our speaker on the 20th. It'll be at uh, Bishop Donnie Goldish Church, Temple of Praise in the Meadows. I want everyone to come out and to join us we're going to obviously uh, one of the things that I think provoked this in me is when I I was uh, out of college. Uh, one of my great mentors, Dr. Andrew J. Brown, used to have us over on Saturday morning, and we're doing we're doing great things. And the MAK service, if anybody had been in the city, and they remember they would set their clock every year to when Dr. Charles Gill, Chris Adams would come in and electrify the whole city. Uh, we wanted to revisit some of that. I've asked uh, my fraternity brother, Dr. Tommy Brown, to be there on that day. We want to give an award uh, for his mother and his father and we want to revisit some of those kinds of things. On that day, we also are going to uh, reward, uh, going to give an award out to the black family. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to give it out, but uh, there was a, a black family in this city some 30 plus years ago that had uh, quintuplets, and uh, we want to laud uh, people that get it done and get it done right and get it done well. So we want to strengthen the black family. We're also going to give out an Amos Brown Award, Speaking Truth to Power, a trumpet award. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're dealing also with uh, reduction of violence uh, and particularly uh, reduction of debt for black infants and expected mothers. I didn't know that was three or four times what the Eurocentric mothers, uh, expectant mothers, were facing. And so we're dealing with a number of those things on that day, uh, on the 20th. So please come out, uh, meet me there, beat me there. Uh, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be exciting. And we're going to go from there. On the 22nd, since I've been the president, I was uh, inaugurated August the 22nd, uh, 2021. Since I've been the president, we've had 
four breakfasts, the Interdenominational Ministry Alliance is a 70-plus-year organization with luminary names uh, that have been our leaders and our presidents. When I was first president way back in the day, from your station, there was a man named Reverend Moselle Sanders. Mm -hmm. I know you even know that name. Mm -hmm. He was my vice president. I didn't know anything, uh, but he steered from, he steered me from the back seat and did a yeoman's job, uh, but just to drop some names. So we've had all of the big names in this city that's been a part of the Energy Nominational Ministry Alliance, a 70-plus year organization, and we're here today to revitalize it. We stand up on their shoulders. We stand up on the Moselle Sanders, the, the Arthur Johnsons, the Andrew J. Brown, uh, the Bishop Morris Golders, uh, the Bishop uh, 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 James Edison Tyson, who fathered me, and so forth and so on. We stand up on the, the shoulders of both our heroes and our sheroes, and we want to revitalize and reinvigorate uh, the Interdenominational Ministry Alliance and the work in this city. There's and just so much work that we need to do. And you're doing it next Sunday. That's February 20th. It's at 6 p.m. Uh, that 6 is that is the Compounding the Dream, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Black History Month service. It is at Temple of Praise Apostolic Assembly in Indy. That is at 3969 Meadows Drive over in 46205. And then, of course, there is the breakfast on the 22nd. We're going to have... Uh, more on this next Sunday. So this wanted to give you just a quick little teaser to mark on your calendar. Uh, Dr. Lionel Thomas Rush, president of the Interdenominal uh, Denominational Ministerial Alliance of Indianapolis. Thank you so much for giving us a quick uh, little teaser of what you guys have going on. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. We're, and we're going to talk to you next week. We will have more with you uh, next week. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this edition of Open Lines. Uh, we are going to be back here next Sunday, same time, same stations. Uh, we will also have the Cherish uh, Pryor of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus to come on and give us an update on what kind of bills uh, they have been able to get in motion over at the state house uh, and what it is you can do to help and we'll also get some updates on uh, house bill 1134 and what's going to happen with that as it moves into the senate thank you so much uh for joining us this morning here on open lines and all the fantastic calls we have uh we'll see what we can do about getting jerome uh, a phone call or something from uh from Aaliyah blackburn over at cbs4 thank you so much more open lines next Sunday, same time, same stations, live at 8 on Hot 96.3. Here comes your favorite music. And on WTLC, here comes the hour of power with Al Sharpton.